everyone i'm probably going to kick this off um i've pinged in my co-host so hopefully they'll be in soon enough um so thank you for joining this room this is actually also a live podcast um it is also linked to a newsletter so you'll understand a bit more i'm just going to read out the intro link at the top shortly hi joshua hey how's it going good good um, I'll make you a moderator before I forget. <laughs> Woohoo! Hey, hey, Cynthia. Hey. And a green bean for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, um, welcome to everybody. Thanks for popping into the room. Um, we are back. It's only been a week. There's been so much news. It's a long newsletter. A lot of news, guys. Lot of news. Um, okay, so. Hello and welcome to the Web Design and SEO Club live podcast. This will be our ninth podcast episode for those of you listening later, and we are broadcasting live right now on Clubhouse on Thursday, January the 27th, 2022. Come and join our club as we chat about all things SEO, search engine and web design related, including the latest news. We will laugh, cry and rage about all of the latest SEO drama, grandpa style. <laughs> 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 Grandpa style. <laughs> if you are listening live, please see the pinned link. So I'm going to do that once my co-hosts introduce themselves. There'll be a pinned link at the top of the screen with all of our stories for discussion. And if you're listening to the replay or the podcast, you'll find that newsletter on my Twitter profile at Proximal Webs, or you can visit seopodcast.webflow.io. That's seopodcast.webflow.io for the newsletter link, the clubhouse link, and the podcast links as well. So Joshua and Cynthia, if you would like to introduce yourselves, I will begin to pin some links. Cool. Joshua, you go first. Oh yeah? Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. Wait, who am I? I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Joshua Monhe. I am a um, SEO consultant and fractional COO. I help businesses learn how to SEO their own websites by transferring my knowledge, insight, helping them set up processes and running SEO. So not only do they get great results, but they actually know how to keep those going. And Cynthia, you're up. Yeah. Thanks, Joshua. I was just thinking one week we should do each other's bios. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, that probably won't go well. But anyway, um, my, name, my name is Cynthia. I'm the owner of Digital Bloom IQ, and I help therapists and counselors get found in Google and help more of the people they want to help. Uh, you can get more information about me and my work at digitalbloomiq.com. Yay, and um, Cynthia is actually, this is going to be her final show for a while, um, yeah. and she is having a baby, which is I very know. exciting. Yeah, yeah, a second baby, a part of your business. So you're yeah. well trained. <laughs> I was gonna say sometimes we feel like as SEOs we're having a baby because of something <laughs> going on, but I think Cynthia's taking this literally, right? Yeah, yeah. this is a real human baby that's growing. 
<laughs> but the yeah, the analogies like there's so many analogies with SEO and like growth and <laughs> hey, it takes about nine months to get results, Expansion. so that makes sense. Right, <laughs> the return on the investment has been really great the last few months. Um, so good. So yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little sad. Honestly, I'm sad, guys. Like I. I I was doubting. I'm like, maybe I could go for February, but no, I need to, I need to take, no, off take a plate. break. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You'll have so much to do. And like, the thing is, once you get the swing of things and you get into your own routine and stuff, you can always pop in. So, yes. you know, you're always welcome anytime for any kind of chat. Yeah. Yes. Don't worry. I will sneak in on you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Even if you're just nice. in the audience, just be like, I actually can't speak, but I'm just here. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Can't step away from SEO too long because things change so much. I'll come back. I'll be like, what am so I doing? Much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my Seriously. God. Like, there's so much. Even in the week that's just gone, there's so much. Okay. So I'm going to kick it off. This is our first tweet. Um, This is from Barry Adams, who is Irish, um, which is cool. And he's a really top SEO. Um, So we're starting from the top, because- right? I'm starting from the top, which is actually the <laughs> oldest to the newest. I finally did it. Okay. So those of you that have listened to the other podcasts, <laughs> this is the format now. We're going from the top. <laughs> yeah. I finally figured out how to pick, put it oldest to newest. Don't ask me why it was so difficult. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So this is Barry Adams. Some of you that are on Twitter and doing SEO, you will know his handle. I'd say it's Badams on um, Twitter. He tweets a lot. <laughs> But he's really, really good, and I would recommend following him as well. Um, so we always talk about this, but I just liked seeing it from someone like Barry that is quite like an authority in his space, and people really listen to him. Um, so he said, SEO continues to be a much smarter investment than PPC, meaning pay-per-click. Yet digital budgets remain heavily skewed towards online ads. Explore the details in Tara Keith's latest white paper with a quote from yours truly included. So Barry's quote was, marketers often prefer comfortable lies to uncomfortable truths, which is why we continue to see PPC channels dominate digital marketing budgets, despite the channel's inferiority to SEO. Wow. Um, Now, if you click into, there's a link there where you can get the download and stuff. Um, But there's some interesting stuff even on that kind of landing page. Um, Are you losing money on paid media? A new Tara Keith study shows companies are losing Revenue scalability by overspending on paid ads. Learn how prioritizing organic search can lead to a 12.2x return on investment. Um, and it says stop paying for fraud. Don't throw money away on paid search ads. Re- results show one in three dollars spent on online ads are lost to fraud. Um, and just learning, they're basically trying to say like prioritize organic search. That's in your budget. This is an interesting topic. I mean, I think we run into this all the time as SEOs. We understand that why would you pay for something you can get organically, but to get the organic results, you have to pay with energy and resources and knowledge. Um, and I can kind of see why marketers like the pay-per-click because it's six minutes from now, you get some sort of result and you start getting data, whereas SEO... Um, there's a lot of people in our market that have offerings they can't provide a concrete reply to. If you give me this money, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And here's your exact Mm -hmm. results. 
Yeah, I mean, it's more instant, I suppose, but it just feels like, like when you invest in SEO, like I see so many customers that are trapped with pay-per-click and they, when you're in pay-per-click, Google is always um, semi-forcing you to increase your budget. Yeah, that's oh, just definitely. the default. Yeah. Yeah, all the um, recommendations are like, oh, spend more money, pick more words. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, like your optimization sense. score is really low. You know what you can do to improve that? Increase your budget. Um, yeah. And to get to keep having like the effectiveness of their ads going over time, their budget is kind of being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And, um, you know, they might start off spending like 20 a day and they end up spending like 60 a day. Um, and then because they've never invested the money in organic, they're like trapped in that because they have yeah. no other way to appear on page one, only this. Um, yeah, I think just doing one thing, like even if we think beyond pay-per-click, like putting all your eggs in one basket in any marketing channel is just not a, probably not a good move, right? Or, or just depending on it in that way. Yeah. I, 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 I think... I don't know. I think part of the, the challenge with this is, um, you know, when you look at PPC versus SEO, there's a knowledge gap, right? Because mm. pay-per-click, you can just roll in there and set it up and you're like, yeah, that looks like I'm doing it right. Where SEO, it, it's a longer term. And uh, I think it's also the ease of use and then the perception around those. So the pay-per-click advertising, it seems to be easier to set up. It's convenient. The results you you kind of do a and then b happens and you feel like you have that control where seo it's it's more nuanced yeah so yeah it just it feels like that immediate there's like just the human brain right like that immediate um what's it called reward right you just kind of like swipe your credit card and boom like kind of what you were saying joshua like in five minutes you you see something right uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's effective. Also, I think it really depends. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think, but it depends on the industry. Like PPC isn't just, it doesn't work the same. Depend, you know, it just depends what you're selling, what your website's about, what industry you're in. It can really change on the audience and different audiences have different perceptions of ads, like some know what ads look like and others don't and so that changes also how the how it performs obviously yeah i think like one of the problems is to hillary's point is when pay-per-click ads work so then the person is spending like fifteen hundred dollars to get two thousand dollars worth of business and for Mm. them like well it works because i'm getting you know i'm up 500 bucks but could that money have been spent on SEO to get the organic results. I mean, I've, and then I've seen it go the, so I've seen an, another example that is a, a college that I'm working with. They um, hired a PPC person. The person put branded terms in there. So the branded term position was occupied in two spots, but everybody was clicking the first spot, which was the pay per click ad. Yeah. Well, so right. then they wind up paying for traffic they were already getting. And the PPC person's not incentivized to tell the person, hey, by the way, you're now paying for this because they're like, look at how many clicks we're getting and look yeah. at the conversion rate. Uh, and then on the organic side, though, I watched the organic rate literally drop the day that that ad started running. Uh, so technically, they're in two spots. It, for them, that was a that was worth the value, I guess. So I don't know. It's 
yeah, it's hard. It's I, I don't know. As an SEO, I want to say yes, it makes sense. But the other problem with SEO is you have to get to a place where you're committing the time, energy, and dollars at a level that makes sense that you can get those returns, and where that, what that package looks like, and how to clearly articulate it. I think a lot of SEOs struggle with that. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. So we'll go on to the next tweet. It's only a small tweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but let me just say that for Barry, for what he put together, it's a very rational argument and it completely makes sense. If yeah. if we can clearly say, here's the result with PPC, here's how much money is being wasted, here's SEO, here's that same yeah. amount of money invested, here's the results. Now, which is better? Yeah. And that's the case study I believe they've done. So. Yeah, and I like explaining it like, look, you're not coming up for these terms at the moment. Put them into your pay-per-click. And when we do start coming up for those organically, we'll remove them from the pay-per-click and you can target something else that you're not coming up for. Um, so they do they do work together as well. Like, it's not really one versus the other. It's kind of yeah. like, um, if you're going to put all that money into PPC, just take a, take a, like a quarter of it or something towards um, organic as well, you know? Yeah. No, there we it's go. good that they... It's good that they like not fight, but they like kind of create an argument because I think, yeah. again, we understand all this stuff. And when clients ask me about it, like I'm able to give them that sage, you know, kind of wisdom of like, look, it's not magic, you know, like everything has its pro and cons and you have to make a decision that works for you. And it's not that one is evil, one is good. Right. But mm for many people they I don't know yeah there's like that dark set we've talked about it just like people selling something that doesn't exist and so it's kind of cool that there are people like making these arguments and these like contrast co contrasting perspectives so that um, clients can make better decisions and understand like the long-term kind of vision of, of each of these investments right for their business yeah very true well, well said. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is just another. I'm just picking up the occasional NFT thing. Um, kind of. Like, I'm just thinking about Web three. You know, Web three point <laughs> mm -hmm. Apparently coming soon. Uh, so this is a Twitter NFT for profile pictures. Um, only for Twitter Blue subscribers. I think that's like three dollars a month or something like that. If you want to subscribe to Twitter. Um. I, I am not. I don't know anyone who is. Uh, but, you know, it could be cool. I think you can edit your tweets if you subscribe. So that's cool. Um, so this is NFTs for, for profile photos. But what I thought was funny, if you scroll down, I just thought this was a cute tweet. So Earl Grey tweeted, Twitter launching NFTs. That sucks because now everyone will have cartoons for avatars and no real picture. Said Earl Grey, who has a cartoon as an avatar. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that Twitter's keeping the level of um, uh, oh shoot irony going. So that's good. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and it could be a test as well because apparently they've tested out stuff for Twitter Blue before, and it doesn't necessarily mean like it's going to hang around. Um, I think I mean if people are making money off it, good on them. Like if it helps artists, great. Um. I suppose I don't really want to see like cartoons everywhere either for people. I like seeing people's faces too, but, um, you know, if people prefer cartoons, like who am I to judge them? Um, I don't know. One of us has to buy an NFT and then I know I'm just waiting. Yeah, just like, 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 what are you doing with it? And why do you have it? 
I mean, like a formal interview. So tell me about the experience. Yeah. <laughs> How did it feel? We do. One of us has to get an NFT. We'll organize that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a buddy of mine that's working with the NFT group. I got to, I don't know, since he got into it, it's kind of like, I'm not saying it's a cult because SEO feels like a cult sometimes, but you know, he's very into it. So I should probably mm. grab a well, beer. Well, the whole like crypto stuff that we've been talking about does very much feel like a cult. <laughs> I do have a friend that isn't working and is just, I don't know, something to do with crypto. Mining Ethereum. crypto? Mining yeah, it. Ethereum, I think. Yeah. He's a programmer, so he must be mining it. Yeah. Um, and he literally hasn't had to work. He just does that now as his full-time job. And he got a man bun. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those two combinations. Uh -oh. I mean, it's there's something combined. there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And a man bun. Oh, my you goodness. You do go together. And uh, weirdly, yeah, the man bun does suit him as well. So there you go. <laughs> They're just the cool people now, I suppose. Um, so this is just no. a cute, something to remember for UTM tags. So this was... Um, from Kim Doughty on Twitter, Howdy Doughty is the Twitter handle, um, who says, I really can't emphasize enough the usefulness of unique UTM parameters for each one of your locations in Google Business Profile. Don't wait until you're kicking yourself for missing location-specific data. Just do oh, it now. that's smart. It's oh, that's so, so smart. And it's like, it's only got two retweets, one quote tweet, six likes. And I thought that was actually a very important tweet and people should do that. Um, this is a controversial one. So this has been mentioned on Twitter a lot, multiple times, I would say over at least the past six months. Um, so this came from Ian Booth at IBDigi on um, Twitter, and it was Google considers reducing web page crawl rate. And this was via SE Journal and Matt G Southern on Twitter as well. Um, it's a search engine journal article. So um, Matt Southern wrote it and said, Google is considering reducing the frequency of web page crawling in an effort to conserve computing resources. Um, the topic is discussed by Google search relations team, which is made up of John Mueller, Martin Split and Gary, Gary Iles? Iles? Iles, yeah, I think it's Iles. Iles, maybe? Yeah, huh. um, Gary Iles. So together in the latest episode of the Search Off the Record podcast, they discuss what to expect from Google in 2022 and beyond. Among the topics they address is crawling and indexing, with which SEO professionals and website owners say they've seen less of over the past year. That's true. I've seen a lot of people reporting that on Twitter as well. Um, yeah. So that's going to be a key focus for Google this year as it aims to make crawling more sustainable by conserving computing resources. Yeah. It's a big oh. issue. Um, yeah. So they're kind of saying like the low hanging fruit would be unnecessary web crawling. And right. this would be crawling web pages that haven't had any recent updates. Mm -hmm. um, so Isles go, goes on to explain that web crawling can be made more sustainable by cutting down on refresh crawls. So there are right. two types of Googlebot crawling, crawling to discover new content and crawling to re refresh existing content. So Google is considering scaling back on crawling to refresh content. Um, yeah. So it goes on. It's like a full, full article. It's worth a read. Um, they've actually put the podcast in at the bottom of that article as well. So I would recommend if you're an SEO to have a listen to that. Um, 
it's something that's like you know the way in SEO we love to go back over like an older blog that is actually very valuable but just a little bit dated but gets great traffic and now we just want to like edit it to modernize it and that like refreshes it Googlebot comes to it and it'll kind of start getting fresh a second lease of life let's say yep I think like this is what I worry about now with this is that like is that if you so there's a way to force so you could lie and you could say um publish this blog now as if it's new rather than so change the date on it to like oh I yeah. just published it yesterday and it's a new blog but it's actually not it's an old blog so I prefer going modified but then I'm like does that mean if it was a smaller website where the web crawler isn't visiting that much anyway um is it going to go back over like those older blogs to recrawl them? Like how long are you going to be waiting after you modify your blog for that then to be recognized, you know? Yeah. I'm so I'm thinking here that I, I looked at the article a little bit. So the example I gave was like wall street journal. The about page is probably not going to change that much. Mm. So they, they wouldn't necessarily need to recrawl that or uh, re-index that. Um, so I think things like schema are going to become very important then. And, you know, to your point about the old content and refreshing it, mm. it's still going to refresh the date on it. So they might, yeah. they might actually depend on those signals more. So if they come to your site and the mm -hmm. sitemap they have on hand is the same as the sitemap they had three months ago and there's no updates or anything, then they're just going to they'll probably just deprioritize those as far as crawling it. That's a brilliant point. Um, that's a brilliant point about the sitemap. Yeah. Because and like checking to make sure you have a modified date on your sitemap would be very important with this. Yeah. Cause they, they're going to, I yeah. mean, I'm just trying to think of the programming the computer that's having to make these decisions. It's a series of decision trees that they're going to have to make when they go out to crawl. And so mm. there's going to be still those factors that we can signal to the search engine. Hey, no, this is, we have updated this or this is new stuff. So yeah, the people again, again, I feel like it's like getting closer to more semantic markup or semantic programming. What was the intention of these things? How do we give the right signals and how do we use them the right way? Yeah, We're, you're going to be rewarded for that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think you're bang on with everything you said, Joshua, like, yeah. Um, I hadn't even thought of the sitemap thing. I think you're right. Yeah, like because you're outputting a modified date in your sitemap, you know, it could read that and say, okay, it's been modified. It's worth my time to go for all that. You know. Have you guys noticed um, across your clients uh, just like a slowing down of crawl of crawling, <clears throat> and just more of that like in the search console? Like I think it's like discovered but not crawled or something like that. Um, have oh, you guys yeah. seen that more? Yeah. Uh, no, I do maybe. see that <laughs> over time, but I, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes because you can get that because like the quality of the overall website isn't great. Mm -hmm. Right. And so because you're working on it as an SEO, you're like counteracting whatever's going on there by putting, getting the quality up where it should be. Right. So even if it is caused by less crawling, because you're actively working on it, you've probably counteracted it. So you're not going to notice it as much, if that makes sense. Um, right, right. I've just noticed it takes longer, like things just it does take, take longer, longer to shift. Like it used to, um, 
like new content and stuff it takes yeah sometimes forever to index like weeks and weeks but yeah it depends yeah. obviously on the website um, yeah because i was gonna say i have a client that she has an old domain hasn't done a lot with it and then she's doing uh podcasts and some uh new updates so i'm telling her like every time she puts content up it gets picked up within a week and then it starts ranking really well. So I'm like, keep going mm. with the content. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. because you're, you've got the domain age, you had nothing, you've got, yeah. you're adding stuff now. So you've got the age that it's coming through. So that person's doing well. Some of the more established sites that have their, their content has reached a place where they're like, okay, we need to be more intentional if we're going to publish something because we're, we don't want to just contribute to bloat. Right. So those ones are slowing down a little bit. So then we're just trying to optimize for words that have intent that lead to conversions. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Yeah. I feel sorry. I mean, for, yeah. Sorry. On. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was just feeling sorry for, you know, like the small kind of abandoned websites. But then they might go in and they like they're never going to have like loads of pages. They might never have a blog or anything. But they right. just go in and they want to like improve the few pages that they have because they notice they've slid. And then yeah. like they might just get a little bit left by the wayside. Like you are going to have to be really, you should be um, publishing new content fairly frequently to your website. You know, there's there's the rub. I think that's going to I think this is the. I don't want to say the negative side, but the. You know, SEO, you know, SEOs are out there like, okay, so what button do I keep pushing over and over again to make it work <laughs> this way? If this, if it's going to slow down the crawl rate, then the um, push to create content, I think it's going to go further because people are like, when he comes back, we want to make sure to have all this new stuff for it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, But I think I, it's good because there, it's kind of annoying when you do have like an older site. I mean... I'm not saying it's annoying what's a client, right? Because it's nice when you've got like, yeah, like you were saying, Joshua, like the domain, um, like just something that has some some history or um, so it just it feels easier. But at the same time, there's some older sites that are like butt ugly, just like they've got good content, but like nothing has been updated. And it's just like, oh, like this. I know this is ranking just because it's been around forever. And I yeah. think what's happening is the the internet is getting like it's big right <laughs> like and google's like just i think just seeing like how are we accommodating for the expansion of this and really yeah like looking at things from a sustainable point of view because they can't index everything right they have to be really picky mm -hmm. um and um even things like i was just uh, the other day i don't know if this is related but it just reminded me for some reason on WhatsApp now, I don't know if you guys use WhatsApp, but they've got the disappearing messages function. Mm. And so you can set it to like a group, um, like if you're in a group or in a chat or whatever. And I was like, why did they like, why do they do that? And I was just thinking a, lot, a little bit out about my brain was going. And I'm like, of course, like to them, like they're storing all these messages. If if there's a way to sustainably mm. like cut down on hist histor historical messages, this is one way and it makes sense because you don't want like years and years of chat, you know? Um, yeah. So I think all this is like goes beyond even Google. It's just like a technology sustainability thing is like, 
yeah. you know, every ping, every single server call, like that costs money. Like, you know, it's not free. It seems free to us because we don't see it, but it's, it, it's part of their business model. And, you know, they're, I don't know. It's just something that we don't think about because I think we've taken it for granted for so long, but maybe it's going to come up more and more in the future. This could be a bellwether to uh, the tech industry coming under fire for energy consumption. And oh, yeah. How yeah. Well, so waste, we were talking waste, about that, right? Last yeah. week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With, um, with the Web crypto free. stuff again. <laughs> but even with, like, the NFTs and cryptos, you know, like, uh, who was it? One of the groups was taking money, you know, cryptocurrencies and then, oh, uh, Firefox. The guy got mad because he was like, you know, it's it wastes energy. It's bad for the environment. People yeah. set up these farms anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I think we digressed there. No, again. it's good. It's good. It's it's interesting. It is complex. It is, and it's definitely getting harder. Like, I mean, Google is very pernickety these days about what it even chooses to put in its index. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's never been harder. Like I had a client's page go into crawling, not in, crawled, not indexed. Yeah. Which is so much worse than discovered, not indexed. <laughs> that's, that's true. Like, that's, that's like, like the friend. Hurts. It's that <laughs> friend zone where you're like, oh, you're such a good friend. You're like, no, but I want yeah, to like, marry like, you. It's like, mm, you know, you're on my ticket. Like you have a chance. And then crawled, not indexed is just pure rejection. <laughs> but, um, you, you've been friend zoned. Yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, but that client, they wanted to put um, a button on the homepage. So it was stuck in crawled, not indexed for like, I want to say two or three weeks. And that client, thank God, wanted to put a link directly to that article from the homepage. Oh, good. So I was like, this is going to be interesting because this is actually a high traffic website. And I wonder, and I took screenshots and stuff. I must do a case study on this because this was all that we did. We didn't do anything else, just a button, like a prominent button just below the fold on the homepage that led directly to that article and lo and behold it was indexed yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now it's being revisited and stuff as well like they consider it now a good page um right. so i thought that was yeah, quite interesting sounds... as well that like google is kind of seeing okay well if you consider it important maybe we'll think about it again then you know well, the, yeah i mean this is this is why seo is not a one one button pushing you know silver deal. bullet kind of deal yeah. it's all of these components together because yeah uh raising you know linking from the homepage moves it up uh on the tiers so it's now yeah. it got it out of crawled not indexed which i thought was so cool that's awesome um, yeah it's really handy really handy i must actually publish that somewhere because that's a handy tip for anyone that kind of they could try it at least if, because it really you are tearing your hair out a bit being like please just index this thing um so it could be something other people could use you know yep. um so this i couldn't remember last week what the shade was and i i don't know if i rem you remember but <laughs> <laughs> i was just kind of saying because i'm i'm in the cesspit that is twitter at times i love it but it's also like so snipey um, and I'd be reading all the tweets and whatever. So there was so much shade over a guy that just had a lot of success with his website and he sold it to SEMrush for like loads of money. And I think that's a great thing, but apparently he uses a term. So this was the shade that I couldn't remember in last week's uh, room. But then I saw this tweet. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put this into the newsletter now because this is where it came from. LSI keywords. Apparently that term 
So first of all, LSI keywords isn't a thing. And that's been on Google side. They've told people like LSI keywords isn't a thing. It's not anything okay. in our algorithm and we don't use it for anything. And you, have to ex- you have to explain LSI though. What does that mean? The terminology for it. So they're meant to be um, <laughs> keywords that are semantically linked to a search query and it's more to do with topics. It's so I think it came from it might have come from a patent that someone saw. So it's latent semantic latent semantic indexing. I actually think that well there is truth in this now because actually Google is gone way more topical than it's gone for like, you know, individual keywords or variations of keywords. So like maybe the term that they're using isn't like a real term, but the concept that Google has like kind of gone from okay this individual keyword paired with these other two is going from that to more of a topical authority and like you were talking about semantic um search joshua there as well like that's real right (laughs) but it's a very controversial thing because people just feel that it's very wrong and i think whenever they try to gain it you know like any sort of just like plugging in keywords in a very alien way. I think that's what you're talking about. Like when it's kind of gamed or, or it's not like thought out. It's, it's just kind of like yeah. <laughs> a strategy that you're, yeah. Yeah. It's, so smarter felt, than that. Yeah. So they felt like this guy, I think it's Brian, Brian Dean maybe is his name that runs Backlinko. Definitely Brian. I'm not sure about surname. So they felt like he's using this term LSI keywords and he's like leading people astray with it because it's not a real thing. So after then SEMrush, this is so like gossipy. (laughs) After SEMrush then bought backlinko.com for loads of money and they're gonna take that over and it's kind of a training. They do a lot of uh, educational training on it. Um, Someone Googled LSI keywords and what came up? The first thing was a link to a SEMrush article that said, what are LSI keywords and why they don't matter? And then the second link that came up was bank, back from backlinko.com that said, what are LSI keywords and why they matter for SEO? And so they put <laughs> arrows, <laughs> they put arrows and highlighter. And this was basically why people were up in a heap over this particular um, business transaction. I must have been tired. You sent this to us before, like last week. And I didn't yeah. see that, that they were contradicting. That was almost Right, they're contradicting like, each other, yeah. <laughs> just, caught that, just caught that now, guys, just now. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes when business buys another business, they don't need everything, so maybe that's, But I, I mean, know. this isn't, I, get, I don't think this works against them. I think, I don't know, it just, it's kind of like a newspaper or a company that owns several newspapers, like they can position... Anyway, I don't know. I, it, what do you guys think? It's like, who cares? I think that SEOs like yeah, right. things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's going to be contradiction in SEO. Like, we're not all going to yeah. agree. I think that's good, right? And and yeah. I was just looking at John Mueller's comment, and he was like, he was just saying how, like, not everything on whatever, like, both these articles have goods and bads, but there's still information. Like, it's still valuable, right? So, yeah. Isn't that the point? <laughs> yeah, you're right, John. Actually, I'll read out John's comment because that was good. So John Mueller actually commented on this particular tweet and he said, this seems a bit nitpicky. I don't agree with everything either of this these sites do. 
but they have done a ton to move the ecosystem forward overall. Nothing is permanent or perfect. Good scientists refine their theories as they get new information. So there you go. That's that's the ultimate problem with SEO is that we don't know exactly what Google wants. We have an idea of it. And as soon as an SEO sets up camp on a particular point and defends it and builds it all up, it, ugh, it's hard. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. like, what is art? You know, like, I don't know if you have art friends, but when I was lived in LA, it was, you know, people would sit around for hours arguing over what art is and how mm. it's supposed to be used. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And for me, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, does it look good? And why would I pay five grand to put that in my house? You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And if fun. anything, it's like, I don't know. I, I think it's good that there are contradictions in that. If, I guess for, you know, if we think about this for SEMrush, they probably will have to cut some content or decide, you know, make decisions. Mm. I don't know. Like, I think I had said to you guys, maybe they, I'm assuming what I would do if I was SEMrush is I wouldn't take down Backlinko, right? Like I would take, I would continue to have it as an entity. Yeah. But I mean, maybe they'll decide, okay, this article doesn't represent us. We're going to redirect it or something. I don't know. There's so many options there, but I think that's, it's normal. Like this is part of the transition of buying another company there. It's not mm. going to be perfect from the beginning. Yeah, and who knows, like, for all we know, LSI keywords might become true in another two years or something. Right. I don't know, like, you just never know, like, what somebody's on <laughs> I mean, Google is changing all the time. Yeah, yeah I don't... AMP. AMP is the example, right? Like, I can go ago, back to forever. <laughs> I used to make fun of people that said that, like, the image name, the file name that you use for your image matters for SEO. And I would be all like, ha, 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 like, you know nothing about <laughs> SEO. The image file name totally does not matter. And now it actually does. But that's a time thing. Over time, as Google got a bit more able to read these things and understand them and whatever, now it actually, it will pick up those keywords in the image file name. So, like, you know, you can never really be on your high horse, I don't think, in SEO. There we go. I think that's yeah. that's the key. Because the... the... I don't know. You guys know programming. So the mechanism and mechanics, if you understand how that works, then yeah, some things can be regarded or disregarded. So yeah. I don't know. I it you know, it's fine. The this guy has made some money off of organizing thoughts and ideas around a, a thread that worked for him and he proposed it, pitched it and people buy into it and then there's other people that can pick it apart and take it apart. So you know, even with the SEO work I do, it's like I have the four C's, uh, you know, code, content, community, and competitors. That's, I kind of built my whole thing around that. Can somebody pick that apart? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, they're like, well, competitors don't matter if you're the lead person. They're like, okay. Or, you know, or code doesn't really matter because maybe everybody else in the industry, their websites are crap. And so mm -hmm. you don't have to, you don't have to do all the code stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but but I'm not going to sell my process is the only way to do SEO. In fact, I have like three SEO books here that have different approaches. Yeah. And there's oh, you have SEO books. Do yeah. You, do you reference them? Like, are they are they sustainable? <laughs> Off topic, but I'm curious. Um, they are only because they deal more with the meta and they keep they keep uh, the conversation about strategy and then the tactics. They're like these are tactics that are available. 
And I think this is where SEL's getting fight is like, you know, is it like a zebra? Is it a white horse with black stripes or is it a black horse with white stripes? <laughs> it is. I actually have a tweet like that because we're going to talk about dashes or pipes again. <laughs> yeah, see? See? So, so, so is there, you know, I don't know. As SEOs, we have to say we don't know exactly what Google wants. We've seen these kind of results, and these are the things that we're going to repeat and try to do again. Yeah. But to package it, box it up, and say this is the only way to do SEO, or whatever. I. It needs to be more nebulous, and less concrete. But there are definitely some elements that are in the nebulous cloud that are like core <laughs> pieces that you do, and then there's the stuff that's like. Uh, okay, if it's worth the time and energy, or if you think that can actually work, give that a shot. So, yeah, and bearing in mind, whatever it is might be out of date by you know next month, <laughs> <laughs> like amp pages. Just kidding, <laughs> yay! <laughs> okay, so I was thinking, Hillary, by the way, just like of 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 uh, what do you call of what do they do in like in the courts when they're like call a rule of order or something like that. Uh, right, yeah. I think we need like a bell or some sort of like when we oh, like go on, like when we go to the next point, we just have some sort of transition because <laughs> it makes agree. sense for it makes sense for us. And like I'm looking at yeah. this too, but maybe somebody that's not looking at it, they don't know that we. Anyway. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it, and um, I'm gonna look for a ding or. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're in Ireland, right? Is there a cowbell like just laying around somewhere? I'm just kidding. Sorry. You think? <laughs> Hang on, I'll just get the cow in from the back garden. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're in the U.S. I'll just go grab my gun and fire it off every time we make a new point. I'm just kidding. That's literally how I see the U.S. <laughs> see? Exactly. That's how I. That's how I open a bottle of beer. You just shoot the top off. <laughs> just kidding. Last week, we covered a story on um, Austrian GDPR. So this was about um, a website that was using Google Analytics in Austria. And it was deemed unlawful according to their kind of data commissioner or whoever is responsible for kind of like prosecuting these things um, because of the fact that the data being collected, let's say in Europe, was then being stored on American servers. And they kind of linked this into some of the like spy laws that are in America and the fact that you can kind of use those laws then to get access to this data because it's on a US server and it's been moved outside of um, the EU. Very oh complicated. It's in last week's newsletter, but yeah. um, this is another tweet around that. This is from um, Andrea Valpini. And they had tweeted on the 21st of January, a domino effect expected on Google Analytics GDPR breach. And if you use um, Google Analytics in Europe, that this is relevant. And this was um, a Wired.com article, which is a bit doom and gloom, but I don't think it's going to go like this. I was listening to the Marketing O'Clock podcast and they didn't think so either, that like they won't, they can't prosecute everybody. <laughs> Because everybody's using analytics in Europe, so right. Just know, move I, all the I, servers over there if they're that picky. Right? <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Like as if it's a physical the stuff there. Yeah, totally. Jeez. Oh, um, hey, I mean, so, it wouldn't be that hard to like segregate the data to be stored yeah, on servers. Yeah, just like that... copy. 
copied over, like duplicate, yeah. copy paste. I don't know. Yeah, they do. They need to supply something for their European customers for sure. Um, so this was that. Um, this is in Wired.com, and it was Europe's move against Google Analytics is just the beginning. Um, so this said that in the absence of a new EU-US data deal, that other countries may follow. Um, so the one that had been affected was called um, Net Doctor, and that was the Austrian website. Um, so if you loaded up that website, a cookie from Google Analytics is placed on your device and it tracks what you do during your visit. And as we know with Google Analytics, that can show you like how long they spent on the website, what pages they went to visit, um, and they can just identify a lot of data about people. And then that data ultimately ends up in the United States as it passes through Google servers. Which so then for, it's allowed to be mined by uh, government agencies. Yes, uh, exactly. Around security concerns. So Yes, yes. Um, so it's felt like that there aren't adequate protections on that data as it's stored in the US, let's say. Um, because so, this U.S. private service secret or whatever, the secret service or NSA or whatever, they definitely wouldn't be able to get it if it was in a European server, right? Like, mm. <laughs> I, We just found a solution, right, for Google? Like, can Google pay yeah. us or something? Yeah. Like, I want, like, a 1% of that deal. <laughs> Um, yeah, because they're kind of saying like there's meant to be now a new, so there's meant to be now a negotiation between the US and Europe to replace what was called the privacy shield, which was meant to stop what happened from happening. But now that's already happened. So the privacy shield oh. obviously didn't work. Um, <laughs> but if they can trash out, so they're saying like if they can't negotiate a new privacy shield, um, that similar cases across Europe could have a domino effect with cloud services from Amazon, Facebook, Google and Microsoft all potentially being ruled incompatible one country at a time. Um, I don't think it's going to go there. I'm sure they're going to trash out an agreement on that. Um, like it's too big. <laughs> like it's yeah. too much. Um, these are people won't be able to do business like because people are dependent on Amazon. People are using Amazon for CDNs, sometimes for their entire websites like. Right. Um, these products that they're talking about are just like they're so linked into how people do business. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I just I, I'm sure they're going to trash something out. I'm hoping. Um, but I thought I'd mention it anyway, seeing as we covered the Austrian um, decision on it, you know. Yeah, it, it, what it might look like is uh, definitely some policy changes and then probably some price increases as mm. more security and more server space has to be allocated for specific situations. Yeah. So I, could, I, could see, I could see an increase in costs for people as a... And, it's like an end thing. So when your one of your clients is like, why why is the CDN service costing me another five dollars more a month? Oh, because it has to go through this rigmarole to keep things safe. Mm. Yeah, maybe this will be like a tax or something, like just how you bring I don't know, when you bring in products from I don't know if it's a good comparison, but like when you bring in like alcohol or something from a different place, don't you pay tax? Maybe it'll be the yeah. like, same with data. You'll like have to, <clears throat> depending on the thing is, it just yeah, it sucks for businesses that 
do make like they have an international market right and well you just have to factor that into your business if you're living in europe i guess and you just or you decide to move <laughs> yeah or you do what i do and literally don't want any cookies on your website which is me right now <laughs> yeah i don't know that's not I, for I'm, everybody the system wasn't really like the whole point is the internet like just being able to connect with anybody anywhere like that's the whole yeah. beauty of it and so it's like these laws are i get the security thing i get it but at the same time it's like the system was designed in a different direction and now you're trying to like limit that and you have countries that yeah are just you know really um just really sensitive to to the security stuff and it feels almost yeah. political at this point to some extent i don't know yeah um yeah Maybe. I'd say there's a load of politics in it. God knows what's going on in the background with everything. Like it's yeah. crazy <laughs> stuff. So this is actually, that's a good uh, segue into the next one. Um, because this was from John oh, I like that. on uh, Twitter. And he said, you know how when you Google videos and all the videos are YouTube videos, this is an attempt to fix that. So he linked to um, an article from the markup.org. I'm going to read out a bit. This is kind of the first paragraph is a little bit about Amazon. Um, oh, hang on. Did I lose my paragraph? OK, I have it. Yeah. So but the second one is just um, about what was discovered about Google. So um, on the article, it's on the markup.org. It's in, uh, you can click on the link in the newsletter as well. A 2021 markup investigation showed that Amazon systemically systematically, systematically <laughs> listed products from its private labels and exclusive brands higher in search results than items from competitors that had better customer ratings and higher sales. That investigation found that simply knowing whether a product was from an Amazon brand or sold exclusively on Amazon could predict whether Amazon would list it at the top of search results about 70% of the time. The previous year, the markup reported, and this is the interesting one, that Google gave its properties a preference in search results. That investigation, which looked at more than 15,000 Google search queries, found that Google gave itself 41% of the space on the first page of search results. Wow. Boom. I... I Okay. How did they do this? I want to know. Like, I'm they... not. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Surprised, I'm not either. But, but at the same time, how did they test that? Like accurate anyway. Yeah, they have a question. link Sorry. there. So like, I'll click into the link. So they have a link right where it says that investigation. So I can click into the link. I mean, um, maybe so this it's just... the... oh, this is another. It's another one from the same website. I think I'm just Go jaded. Internal linking. It's like it's a business. <laughs> oh no, the business self referred to itself. Yeah, that's my husband's attitude as well. He's like, they're giving a great product for free. So like, who cares? But I'm a bit more like, it's not supposed a, to I be like competition. If I'm pro-capitalism, then I like it having competition and get away with your monopoly, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> then somebody can create a Amazon competitive thing where it gives everybody more shot. But Amazon figured out how to make it work and if you want alternatives i mean i don't always go with amazon's preferences because sometimes i don't know how they come up with the stuff some of the preferences or stuff they show me i'm like oh that's just crap like let me go find the other thing but for some people that don't 
want to have to think about it. I don't know. So some of the stuff they said, so they said, we examined more than 15,000 recent popular queries and found that Google devoted 41% of the first page of search results on mobile devices to its own properties and what it calls direct answers. Now, I say they're including maps in that um, oh, or okay. Google, Google business profiles, probably. Um, and what it calls direct answers, which are populated with information copied from other sources, sometimes without their knowledge or consent. I, you can not, you can tell Google not to index your site. So I would have to like query that as well and how they come up with that. Um, when we examined the top 15% of the page, the equivalent of the first screen on an iPhone X, that figure jumped to 63%. For one in five searches in our sample, links to external websites did not appear on the first screen at all. Um, a trending search in our data for myocardial infarction shows how Google has piled up its products at the top. It returned, so it's got like four things. Google's right. dictionary definition. A people also ask box that expanded to answer related questions without leaving the search results page. A knowledge panel, which is an abridged encyclopedia entry with various links and a related conditions carousel leading to various new Google searches for other diseases. All of these appeared before search results by WebMD, Harvard University and Medscape. In fact, a user would have to scroll nearly halfway down the page, about 42% before reaching the first, quote, organic result in that search. I think we talked about this, how like Google, like <clears throat> they are balancing on the search results page um, their own like experience right because the serps are kind of like a website of its own really um and also sending you know promoting or sharing other websites and so that's like a constant tug of war because they want people to see oh like the you know whatever all these different serp options and i think that's just part of the game i don't know i just i don't know yeah, it's all it's it's all mixed in with the antitrust stuff, like some of the cases that are coming up in Texas and stuff. Um, but it's just interesting. Like this is another bill. Is this a new bill? It is new, right? January twenty first. Yeah. I'm gonna play um, devil devil's advocate really fast. I could just imagine though somebody at Google being like forty one percent. We were going for twenty five. Huh. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff, it's like, it's just, what's the role of the, what's the role of the business? And since uh, things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google, they're considered public space. You know, this is the thing that yeah. Trump tried to argue for <laughs> when they, yeah. when they were like trying to censor him. If we consider these public space, then a public agency should own it and be responsible for it and manage it. And then we can talk about what's fair and why and tell them how they should do their how they should run because it's a public good and we it's being managed that way can you mm -hmm. imagine that what that would be like <laughs> if it's a business you know we could we can speculate and argue over it. um but you know we have the option to walk away and go use something else and yeah but but people are like oh but we all use it it's like well then i don't know that's it's a business well, there are other to be fair like there are other ones starting to come up which is nice but it's can they get the uh, number Momentum. of users they need to be viable yeah. yeah 
like can they be viable um so like i yeah i'm somewhere in the middle where i'm like i want i want a fair marketplace where like the young the young plucky <laughs> the small <laughs> plucky like upstart company can actually compete against the really big established you know uh, and that they're not using like dirty tricks to kind of make a monopoly so that people literally can't ever you know compete with them uh you know that kind of stuff like i like <laughs> i like yeah. that people can actually compete uh so yeah that's that would always be my like my thinking on it i i, lo I love the uh optimism of that um <laughs> but yeah no i it's i don't know Sorry, go ahead. It's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. And I think, but, but I think all this, I mean, at the end of the day, we have to think about these tools. Like I think Joshua, you said like, this is free. Like we're, um, and so for certain businesses, it's just the pros and the, it's like, it outweighs, it outweighs all these kind of downsides, right. That you could argue at the end of the day. Mm. Um, at this point, maybe maybe the landscape will change, and uh, yeah, there will be more competition, more variety. Um, yeah, and and yeah. that's I don't know. I, I think it's it's just like right now the the reality of it. It's still kind of like a wild west, and so these companies are dominating because they've also put in the time and the effort, and I don't think it's been easy for them either, right? Like. How can you say to a company that's been around, I don't know how long Google has been around, but a while, right? So mm. they've stuck it out. They've invested. The noughties are like late 90s, probably. Noughties yeah. Anyway. yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, late 90s. Yeah. Like they've got the ground and they're using it. Like they've, I don't want to say they've earned it, but like they've stuck it out. Right. And they're, yeah, I think like you also have to recognize that. And of course they're going to get criticized, but it's like an Amazon too. like these are companies that have come a long way. And so they're not going to just allow, they're going to just take advantage of what they can. Right. They um, are. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it isn't ethical. Um, but I guess that, yeah, that goes back to like running a business, I guess. And they're not doing charity work, um, necessarily. Yeah. Um, I had to put in the traditional WordPress tweet just because we didn't <laughs> I knew it was coming. I saw it. I was like, oh, she got one in there. But that's a tweet after this that I'm so excited about because it's like everything that's wrong with SEO in the world and we can just be very like curmudgeon-y and grandpa-ish about it. So. That's awesome. <laughs> so we'll just like fly past this, which is, uh, I just put it in there as the traditional WordPress tweet. So this was from Aaron Sparks, um, who has a brilliant uh, podcast as well edge i think it's like edge of the web or something like that it's on um, youtube but aaron sparks on twitter he said supply chain attack used legitimate wordpress add-ons to backdoor sites um so there's a page oh. linked here um an anonymous reader quotes a report from ars technica um dozens of legitimate wordpress add-ons downloaded from their original sources have been found backdoored through a supply, a supply chain attack, researchers said. The backdoor has been found on quite a few sites running the open source content management system. The backdoor gave the attackers full administrative control of websites that used at least 93 WordPress plugins and themes downloaded from Access 
Press Themes. So if anyone has used that, Access Press Themes, you might want to take a check on it. Um, mm. The back door was discovered by security researchers from Jetpack. Um, the maker of security software owned by Automatic, provider of the WordPress.com hosting service and a major contributor to the development of WordPress in all, Jetpack found that 40 Access Press themes and 53 plugins were affected. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those WordPress things like yada, 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 please update your WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because this actually feeds into to what you were saying about the previous one. It'd be nice to get a young upstart a chance to get known and found. And so then when you have young upstart programmers that create backdoor access for <laughs> the vulnerabilities, there's the trade-off. Uh, their success, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just this week, I think it's because of this clubhouse room. This week, I, I talked with a client who has a WordPress site, and he doesn't have a web developer who's watching out for it. And I, like, went oh, on gosh. for, like, at least five minutes of, like, <laughs> you need a web developer. You need a web developer. And, Cynthia um, is anyway. pregnant. She can't be stressed out like that. Right. Her WordPress website, for the love of God. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm willing to concede that having a WordPress site is a little bit like having your car running 24-7. Right. Like, <laughs> it's great because you can get in and go and do all these cool things, but if you leave it locked up in the garage and you don't pay attention, yep. it could bite you. Or it somebody really can come could. Or somebody can come along and snag it. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and then her next, uh, the next question that came up was, well, how much does that cost? And I was like, okay, I have <laughs> no idea. Like, I mean, I'm not a web developer. I don't do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think there's like education that needs to happen there of if you, any website, like, I don't know, I have a Squarespace website. I pay yeah. yearly. So it's kind of like subscription. So it's the same idea, like whatever website you have, you need to, you need to um, think about how you're going to be maintaining it. And right. whether it's like a yearly or a monthly thing, it needs to be ongoing. <laughs> like it needs to absolutely be something that you're sustainably, um, yeah, investing in. It's not like a, yeah, it's not like a one-time fee. Maybe that's, maybe that was the old way, right? And now it's yeah. changed. So, Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. you need to, you need basically a maintenance contract and, you know, you really can't, please don't run WordPress without a maintenance contract with your developer. Or um, take on a part-time job being a web developer and babysitting your site and yeah, make that part of you your regular check-in. You learn it. Yep. Yeah, but most business owners aren't going to want to, I mean, depends, but yeah. And it shouldn't, yeah. I mean, it shouldn't cost you that much. I, my thing no, is, if somebody, no. if somebody asked me, like, what would it cost? I was like, well, if it's, if you're hosting off of their servers that they're reselling, then they might do it mm. as like, they might do it as like, you know, part of that or yeah. they'll charge yeah. you an hour of their time once but a month. Even, but even having a package where, cause then the conversation went to like, again, you have a website, it's not like a one time setup thing, like you should be updating it once in a while, right? So yeah. why don't you find a web developer who also helps you do that uh, uh, on top of the security stuff, or at least that's part of the package for, you know, maybe a few months of the year, and then you switch to like a lower retainer where they're just maintaining 
security stuff, but like it absolutely needs to be in your business expenses. It can't just be like this afterthought. Um, yeah. People need help like after their websites have launched. And it's just funny to me that even now I feel like web development companies haven't fully cottoned onto that because yeah. their feeling is that like, we just want to get this thing built. We want to push it out. We want to bill for whatever balance is owed. And basically we're completely done. We're just not, you know, and I, there's still so many people in my town that kind of operate like that. Like, yeah, we just push out the website and we have no ongoing relationship with anybody. And I'm like, you are leaving money on the table also. Mm -hmm. Like people actually are willing to pay for some kind of ongoing, you know, maintenance yeah, retainer. mixed yeah. with maybe a bit of content or, you they know, have to just a little bit of work. Like, that. Yeah. They have to explain that to them. And yeah. you also, I think the other unfortunately i feel like a lot of clients have had uh, just the communication skills sometimes with the tech industry can be really bad so like a web developer won't take the time to explain i'm not saying all web developers i'm just saying sometimes mm -hmm. this has come up in client conversations where they're like the web developer just like didn't communicate like we didn't hear from them for months and months and they like it's just it's like this horrible communication stuff and it's almost like it, it needs to also be on the on the company side to explain to the client why they need this, right? Why do they yeah. need a maintenance package? And um and and yeah, and like not just the value, but like literally the responsibility of having a website. Um and anyway. Yeah. It's and yeah, I think as well it's something because uh, like before we didn't have like content management systems granny here <laughs> right Where, like you had to update the website for the client and then content management systems came in and everyone gave their client a login and just went that's great I'm with the website yeah, yeah here's your login you can now you later. Just do everything yourself see you later i'm gone and they just disappear yeah. um and i i think that they've made a mistake there as well because actually a lot of clients don't want to go in and update they actually don't want to like, uh, they yeah. need a new page. They want someone to actually create the new page for them. They want someone else to put the link to that page into the top nav. They want someone else to, you know, um, yeah. whatever else, little, little, like, little yeah. small things that they need. Yeah, they they don't want to do it themselves. But I think that was the kind of mentality at the time was like, oh, now that we they can do it themselves, we just give it to them and they save money. So, because I yeah. think we we've lowered the bar in some respects to website development to make it more accessible for more people. But mm -hmm. the responsibility of owning a website that hasn't lowered. So <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Hey, There's a bit of work to it, yeah. So Cynthia, I, I I'm I apologize guys. I had a a board meeting that I it's they moved it to this time, so I need to bounce but um, oh, no worries. In the middle of this. So, Cynthia, it's so glad to, to hang out with you. And I uh, look yeah. forward to your uh, return. And I'm, I was going to sneak out quietly, but I figured this will make fun for the podcast anyway. So Yeah, you're missing <laughs> the best one. You're missing okay. the best. Tweet. I'll listen later to it. Thank you. Yeah, guys. you'll have to. <laughs> okay, talk to you later. <laughs> See you later. Good luck Bye, later. Joshua. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks. Um, okay, so this is the tweet that Josh was missing that he is missing out. Okay. This was drama on Twitter this week. <laughs> You're going to like it, Cynthia. <laughs> so someone finally did it. Someone named finally. their business Dentist Near Me. Oh, my goodness. This is 
their business name. This is their logo. This is their URL. This is what they are trading as. They are dentist near me. <laughs> and this is from Eli Schwartz. Um, so he did like the clapping hands emoji three times. Um, and then he said, for the SEO consultant that sold this idea, too bad it will only work in the same geographic area that this dentist was going to rank anyways if they had a good GMB effort. Um, yeah. Also, I would love to know how this dentist explains their branding choice to patients. Um, yeah. And he did laughing emojis and he just did a little screenshot of the website. Um, and even in the blurb where they're kind of saying a dentist accepting new patients, it's in Texas. And then he says, at dentist near me, in East El Paso, our dental team's efficiency has been perfected through the use of the latest technologies, dental procedures, and easy scheduling options. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that happens, yeah. and that's like everything that's wrong with SEO. And this is when SEO goes absolutely like Lula. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Oh, it's interesting, right? And and there's so many different, I guess, types of SEO experts out there. And yeah, someone got sold on this and who knows, maybe it's like kind of working. <laughs> I mean, extent. I wonder when I go against them, if, if near me is almost not seen as a search term, it depends on whether they can get Google to recognize that as like a branded search or not. Yeah, the thing is, it's a location, right? So dentist near me, Right. It's like where they are. There's um, a chance they won't come up because the near me will kind too... of be replaced for location. Right, 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 right. Uh, unless they can really get Google to recognize, oh, that's a branded search. Like maybe they can. Uh, but yeah, I just, oh, SEO is just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like slightly impressed by the kind of the, uh, <laughs> the boldness of the, like, it. Just you know? in like, case. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of a cool. I'm. I want to know the numbers to see if it works. Just to like see yeah. if, just to see how the algorithm reacts to this sort of thing, right? But yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I wouldn't recommend. Um, I would love to know if it works as well. Uh, I hope there's going to be some kind of follow up. But I'd say we might never know. We'll have to sit, wait and see. <laughs> um, you see that the URL is actually dentist near me, EP. Oh, El Paso. Okay. Huh. Oh yeah yeah interesting hmm. interesting yeah well i don't know what that does to it but yeah hmm. um so this was um a google test so we just spot these sometimes and people tweet them out which is really handy um so there was a google test spotted by shalom goodman or at shalom good on twitter so it's a new variation um of also covered on this page and it's being shown on the right hand side of serps um, and then that was also picked up by Brody Clark, who's amazing on Twitter. Uh, if you're interested in SEO, follow him. He's at Brody SEO. Um, and his link actually is in the newsletter as well, pinned at the top. So um, he's just great. And he kind of picked up on what Shalom had posted. And he, I think, had seen similar himself. So he said it's back. Google is again testing, also covered on this page for featured snippets. Oh, um, it's using algo generated scroll to text. Um, he says there's been several generation uh, variations of this text test in recent months, with this one being unique through using the new full width display. Um, so it kind of shows a screenshot that basically they had searched like how do stocks work? 
and then you get that like featured listing at the top um but on the right hand side of the featured snippet it says also covered on this page so they've linked so it has like uh what are stocks and how do they work from nerdwallet nerdwallet.com and then on the right hand side it has an algorithmically generated um jump links that I think what they're saying is like when you click into each of these headings, it actually goes to a spot on the page. Um, so it says also covered on this page, do stocks pay? Are stocks money? How are stock created? Do companies sell stock? Um, so I think that's very interesting. And if they are automatically generating that, if I'm just curious, is it generating automatically from headings on the page or has the person used like anchor links? Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious on the, like the technicalities of it because I think it would be cool if they were able to do that without any effort on like the content provider side, but that they would just take each heading and say, "Look, we know how to link to each of these." Um, mm -hmm. That would yeah, be it, cool. al it almost seems like they're also trying. I'm looking at the one that says um, "dying while asleep, <laughs> sudden arrhythmic death syndrome." Oh yeah. Um pleasant topic but uh <laughs> i i think the it it looks like it's obviously they're serving content that you wouldn't get like it's not being featured on that left side so mm. i mean it could be a heading like you said or it could be even mm. just like maybe like bolded text or just certain areas but they're oh, they're cool. obviously providing a variety of questions like all the ones that i'm seeing here on this this uh, medical term are questions. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's also that part of it too, of like just creating more of like, okay, these are some other questions that you might have around this topic mm. and here they, they're covered. Right. And you can click through them. So, yeah. It makes so is the point that you click on that and it takes you directly to that cert to that website. Yes. Or it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. So, even though it says here, uh, someone commented actually on the heart one or the, the health related one there. Um, also interesting that the topic headings displayed do not correspond to heading slash sections on the source Wikipedia oh, page. Okay. Where did the jump links land you? They said. Hmm. Okay. So it, I mean, yeah, it looks like it just skips down. Like it's that, um, highlighted, whatever text it's, there's a proper term for it. Right yeah um, i wonder how you'll how we'll see this in the if this you know if they roll this out more prominently in the search results like is that right side of a, a like a position one it's kind of like a position one or like a one yeah point. and like on mobile are they gonna are they gonna have a featured listing and then you kind of have like also covered on this page which would make a featured snippet like yeah huge like very sought yeah. after uh placement. absolutely yeah, yeah it yeah, would yeah. be ginormous <laughs> i think that's that's even better than the featured snippet because you get that visit right yeah yeah um yeah it's driving people into the page more mm -hmm. yeah Hmm, interesting. Um, it's I like useful. It, yeah. 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 And it makes me feel good as well because I've been using um like people also ask questions as subheadings at times if they apply to an article. So I feel like that's a good tactic for for placements like that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Answering questions Absolutely. is great anyway. Yeah. Um 
Okay, this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse because um, it's about, so Google kills flock. This is a PPC bit of news, but it is interesting. Um, so I saw Greg Finn tweeting this. Um, he had a really cute cartoon. So it's like, um, I don't know what to call this like cartoon guy, but anyway, he's like kind of a snowman cartoon guy, but he's got a six pack. <laughs> um, so there's like um, somebody asking him like, wow, how did you get like that? And he's like, every time Google has a new cookie replacement, I do one push up, and the answer <laughs> is Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so I got a nice brave article about this uh, because I just thought like the way they explain it is just a bit more like understandable. Um, so this is a New York Times article on this flock thing and we're going to try and understand it together okay <laughs> i like it i like so, it. so um google introduces a new system for tracking chrome browser users the company is scrapping another plan that would have blocked so-called cookies after privacy groups and regulators complained that google needed to do more to ensure privacy um so this was they were supposed to block cookies in chrome two years ago and they keep pushing it back um, yeah. So now I think they've dated that to 2023. Um, yeah. So basically now on Tuesday, so this is recent news enough, um, Google said it was scrapping its old plan and offered a new way to block third-party trackers in Chrome with an online advertising system called Topics. The new system would still eliminate cookies, but it would inform advertisers of a user's area of interest, such as fitness or autos or vehicles based on the last three weeks of the user's web browsing history. The topics will be kept for three weeks before they are deleted. Um, so this is, uh, so this was, so to talk about Flock then, so the trackers allow ad, serv ad service services to follow users around the web to learn about their browsing habits. The company later unveiled a plan known as Federated Learning of Cohorts or Flock. It was yeah. intended to allow advertisers to target groups of users based on common browsing history instead of individuals. Um, so it looked like they were already trying to like not track people as much. And then they were yeah. like, maybe if we do the group thing, it's a little bit more anonymous than people. And now that's not enough. So now they're like, okay, we're just going to go by topics and hopefully like, I guess that'll keep us cleaner. I'm not sure as to their motivation. I read something else that their motivation could be to actually block other advertisers on this thing as well. But this is where it gets really convoluted and into like conspiracy theories and stuff that I just don't know enough about it. <laughs> You're saying you don't know why they're developing this technology? Well, isn't the, so like, the whole security thing or like on the, whole... the face of it? Yeah, on the face of it, it oh, looks you're like saying it's a privacy like a thing. Right, but there's like another thing that like maybe it's not exactly for privacy, but it's also to like block out other people somehow. But I, I just what, don't know cookies, about it. Like if we compare it to cookies, it's more public. I guess because the browser is blocking them, so I suppose like it means like for other advertisers that aren't Google then that gets tricky for them maybe or something like mm. that um, because the browser won't like they won't be able to efficiently advertise where Google will because like they have so much information about the people using Chrome who a lot of them are logged in all the time doing their searches etc right. um, so they can build up this thing based on topics and stuff but other advertisers without cookies may not be able to do that i think that might be the thinking is that like it might be 
on the face of it, it looks like a good thing for privacy and stuff, but there might be other stuff going on in the background. But which, isn't it, isn't it in Google's benefit to make it more accessible to, so when you say other advertisers, we're talking about making this new technology for tracking <clears throat> accessible to like other um, browsers as well, or we're talking about something else like, um, yeah, like other advertisers, like, I don't know, who else? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I can read out some stuff that Peter Snyder said. He's the director of privacy at Brave. And we, I do like Brave. And he does understand yes. privacy for sure, right? So I'll read yeah. out what he said. I don't know if it's going to illuminate anything, but... Um, <laughs> He said, at root is Google's insistence on sharing information about people's interests and behaviors with advertisers, trackers, and others on the web that are hostile to privacy. Um, mm -hmm. Mr. Snyder said in a statement, these groups have no business and no right to learn such sensitive information about you. Right. Um, and then the article kind of goes on to say like, Google's topics plan echoes a revision made to its search product several years ago. In 2019, the company gave users the ability to set up their search history to automatically purge every three mm -hmm. or 18 months. That made it harder for advertisers to target individuals with highly personalized ads based on web traffic. Google also gave the users um, the ability to disable it from recording search history altogether. Um, critics noted that the privacy controls were ineffective because they were difficult for the average person to find. And by default, Google continues to keep a permanent record of people's search histories. So it's kind right. of murky waters, you know, it's hard to like, I don't know, I think it's hard to. Yeah, I feel like all these systems have been built on this technology, right? Like cookies are a very um, important part of, mm. of a lot of the products and everything from the not just PPC, but like, I don't know if this impacts like, yeah, Google Analytics and <clears throat> just like everything, right? Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know, it feels like we're they're trying to stay up to date with all these privacy concerns and generating new technology. But the reality is that it's kind of like you have to like lift the house to, <laughs> it feels like they have to like, yeah, like lift the whole industry to find a new foundation that can continue to serve in some sort of way or just kind of like, yeah, make modifications and, and have some sort of transition. I don't think they'll be ready by next year. I think this takes time. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's not just about cookies. It's like, it's the whole industry, how it, we've, yeah. we've built on things. And, and even with SEO, like, we rely on cookies as well. And so it's kind of, it's, I guess the question is like, how, how can we make that transition in a way that's, you know, it's going to be disruptive to some extent, but hopefully not, um, yeah, not, not create like a panic or a crisis. Um, yeah. and what does this new reality look like? Um, because a lot of these, there's, there's a lot of businesses that use this technology, right? And I get the privacy concerns, but I don't know. I always feel like at the end of the day, it's it's not like individual user data. We're analyzing large um, blocks of trends. And so anyway, I know it's, it's complex. It's like a whole topic 
for yeah. sure. But it, yeah. it, it, it allows us to do our jobs, right. To be able to, to analyze trends and to understand how people are using the internet and how they're using our websites and that sort of thing. Yeah. I do a shout out to plausible analytics as per, <laughs> as per yes, you. last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and who yeah. knows, maybe Google will have to buy, it sounds like they're working on it, right? But it seems yeah. like it's going to be, it's hard. Like I, I, I can totally understand. There's so many moving parts and like the ecosystem has again, like grown up from cookies. As long as I can remember, like cookies have just been part of that reality. Like you yeah. can't just yeah. switch that out. It's kind of like cutting out sugar or something, right? Or like, uh, it just is. like it's, it's like, cause we all got like, something oh. for free and nobody cared yes. back in the day. Cause everyone was yes. just excited yes. to have the internet. And mm -hmm. like, it was like, yep. Oh, take, Oh my God, this is cool. I don't need to pay for this thing. Yeah. Take my, I don't give a shit take what you know data. about me. Take it yeah. all. Like, I don't care. Follow me around the internet. Like, I don't care. I got a cool free thing yeah. where now like, people what are, are way, yeah. yeah. Um, like people's, it's definitely like a societal shift, I think as well in like people kind of value, I think people value privacy maybe more or they, they didn't really fully realize maybe what they were giving up when they did that. Or, you know, there is something going on with that, that like people aren't so willing now. Like I pay for analytics now, even myself, like I rather pay and then have a privacy enabled analytics that doesn't use cookies. And I'm way happier to pay for that than to use Google Analytics. So there right. is, you know what I mean? There's definitely some kind of shift, all right. Um, I think it's, it's like being able to choose, I think. And we've talked exactly. about this on this. Um, I think it's like when you you haven't been given the choice, you didn't even know you had the choice. Yes. I think that creates resistance and anger, right? It's kind of like when you yeah. get your cell phone bill and they're like charging you for all these things and you're like but i didn't know like no one tell told me right and it's like well it was there in the fine print i guess the difference with us is like i already knew about cookies i've known about cookies like pretty much my whole career and so they don't yeah scare me because i know the technology behind it and i understand i see the value right i see all the mm. the value of of that technology and i see the the system that it's created and how it's helped businesses grow. And like, it's just been like a, yeah, a founding block of what we do. But yeah. if, yeah, if you've never known about cookies or for the average user, it can feel very mystical of like, someone's just tracking me online. It can feel yeah like big brothery. Um, so that, I think that's where like the, the, what happens. And so I do, a, I agree that users should be given an option yeah. Um, but I think there's also needs to, they need to explain like, okay, but this is like technology has been built off of this like building block. And yeah. so now, now these companies are having to invest. I think they're going to, they're going to find something they have to, like, this is what they, this is like their bread and butter. Like this yeah. is what they live it's off gonna of. It's going to be so. AI. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be replaced with AI and it's going to be my, like maybe a more predictive model based on like yeah. their own trends and like, yeah, like yeah. AI is going to be the thing that's going to swoop in and kind of make these predictions for advertisers and stuff. Um, they have to. Yeah. Yeah. There's no yeah. other option. And you're so right on choice <laughs> as well, because like my husband 
could give a shit about his privacy. He's yeah. like, just give me the free stuff. I don't care yeah. if they're tracking me. Where I'm yeah. the one then that's more like, I don't like them tracking me or having, you know, why should they be having all my data? Like, you know, um, that, so it is yeah. choice as well. Yeah, some people don't care and that's their right not to care too. <laughs> yeah, but, but we're making a choice there because we know, right? Yeah, That's exactly. different than if you don't even know um, and you're just... And and also there's a lot of people who like technology is daily part of our lives, right? Like we use it mm. for everything. And um, well, some of us, uh, <laughs> Joshua has a book with his passwords. <laughs> I, have to, I have to call that out. But no. He um, uses that book. <laughs> yeah, no, that book is secure. Uh, but I guess it's like for someone who isn't tech techie, like we're kind of nerdy, we're techie, we know this. They yeah. don't even understand that people are like, why do... Why do I have to be tracked? Like it feels sinister. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. Like there's we're not doing it. We're normal people. We're not doing anything sinister with this. We're yeah. using it to improve the experience. So that also that educational piece, I feel gets removed from these conversations. It's all like they're tracking us and it's it's like mysterious and they're hiding this. And yeah. Google's like, there's resistance to changing the technology. And yeah, you see who stuff knows? in your browser as well. Yeah. Like when you're talking there i'm like oh my god that's so true because people are they're browsing like away and then they click on a button in their browser and it's like oh i'm uh, the browser is blocking this many things that are tracking you or whatever right and that might be the first kind of inkling that they ever had that like oh there's stuff and then they're kind of like oh that's cool my browser is blocking stuff so it is i think it is an interesting shift in web design as well because even when you come down to like cookie consent I always felt that cookie consent should be managed at browser level, not right. at individual website level. Right, right. I think it's ruined the internet, like these fucking cookie cop <laughs> cookie pop-ups, <laughs> like I just can't. Um, yeah, because I remember yeah, when they didn't exist, you know, and I, I like usability, I like creating good user experience, and I just think their their accessibility isn't good and like I don't know. I just, I really, really don't like them. And I always thought it's absolutely ridiculous that each individual website has to go around getting this. And in most cases, the cookie is already loaded. By right. The time it's somebody just like agrees fake or disagrees. Almost. Exactly. It's completely fake. And that doesn't um, adhere to the standard anyway. So you're just doing Maybe. a charade of a thing. Yeah. So you've ruined your website for this kind of charade of um, agreement. But I always felt like, you know, the cookie should be blocked at the browser level. Yeah. If somebody yeah. wants to block all cookies from everything at the browser level, they should be entitled to do that and still surf the web and still access websites. You know what yeah, I mean? I think, yeah, I think in the future, what I see happening is you're going to decide you're, you're like, we're all going to just invest because we depend on these systems and we use them actively. We're going to have like a third party, kind of like an insurance where we get to choose our preferences with tracking. Mm. And yes. then they handle that in like they handle the back end, whatever it'll be like either like hardware that you plug in or just like mm -hmm. something that comes with your Internet package or like comes as an add on or like it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that makes it easy for users to um, decide how they want their data to be used. And um and yeah, and then that's it. And then it's like explained in a human way so that we you know we understand what we're giving away and what we're not and like yes. it also comes with that security veil of like this is the risk or whatever right so 
Yeah. That's like a huge market. I think that's going to come into play and there'll be probably different companies that provide that. And it's almost like, like a legal slash security thing. Mm. Um, and that's it. And that's it. Like, it's not, I, I, I think it's normal for there to be these transitions in technologies and maybe yeah. that little pop-up with the cookie thing. It's like, it's annoying, but it's kind of like, that's the transition we're in now because people are still gaining awareness of like, what's going on? Like, why am I being tracked? And like, you know, how is this, is this actual a threat or like, you know, what are people doing with this? And it's like, oh, if they're using it to improve like an experience, like, okay, I can deal with, deal with that. Right. Versus, yeah. I don't know. There's like, yeah, there's malicious ways to use cookies and data, but it's not inherently bad. It's like how yes. are companies, yeah, using this and like each company has, it's like a wild, wild west. Like each company is using it in their own way. And that's where the ethical part comes into play. Cause for you, it's like, oh, I don't like that Google analytics is doing this for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's a free thing. And I don't know. I just see the value of it at this point. Yeah. And I just think that outweighs the risk of the security or like the privacy. Yeah. 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 Well, you're definitely not alone in that. <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah. not. I liked, uh, there was a follow-up tweet on just the um, flock thing. And I just thought this was cute because I felt like this too. Uh, this was from New Year's St. Mark. And this was Mark Irvine 89 that said, now is the perfect time to admit I didn't understand flock. And then he said a minute later, <laughs> a minute later in a second tweet, like I got it, but I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all just kind of like waiting to see what happens. We're not going to spend... I think at some point I had started to invest some time to learning it, but it's still mm. so new, like this transition. Um, yeah. And in the meantime, I think, yeah, companies like Brave, I think they're making, it's like in their, uh, in their favor, right? Cause they're yeah. gaining traction and just yeah. like, they, yeah. they, they've got a clean slate. So it's different for them, yeah. a different, um, yeah, situation. It's never been a better time to be in competition yeah. um, with the likes of Google and stuff, definitely. And especially being a privacy enabled product, like, yeah, for sure, they can capitalize on that. Um, and I like what you said about choice. That's 100% what it comes down to then. Um, so this was from Lily Ray and Lily Ray, if you're not following her on Twitter for SEO, she's just really generous, like with data. She does a lot of like case studies from her clients, but she shares out all the information, um, which is just what we need in SEO because we're kind of working yeah. blind, like a lot of the time. Um, yep. So this was uh, Lily Ray said, interesting to see a variety of your money or your life sites. That's um, either medical or financial services. Um, that saw significant growth in 2018 to 2020, seeing some big declines since the June and July core updates. Um, so they were the core web vitals update of last June and July, uh, mainly around like page speed and things like uh, movement on the page, um, how long the page takes to be interactive or that some a user can kind of put in some kind of input. Um, so you can see all of that kind of data anyway in your Google search console as well um so she said here are three examples of financial sites that do a lot of things right with regards to eat um that's expertise authority trust um but still saw big declines last year um so she linked to a, ma a kind of um a graph and it just shows um moneyunder30.com moneycrashers.com seekingalpha.com i'm 
guess they must all be financial. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they can kind of, you can see it like a big peak happening and then they just literally, exactly when the core web vitals update was kicking in, completely crash. Um, so I think that's just interesting data for anybody that is, anyone who is running a, a YM, YL or your money or your life website. Um, just to keep an eye on that. And you might not be alone if you saw a drop off there. It might just be kind of more penalizing on those types of websites, which would be normal for those as well. Um, yeah. So the next tweet is, so this is to do with um, shopping with Google. This was from Brian. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to say it. Brian Friesleben. <laughs> that's like the worst yeah, pronunciation ever I really apologize he's at type <laughs> underscore SEO which is much easier to say <laughs> so this was that uh, Google is going to continue taking over affiliate and review site SERPs with strong fe features like this and he calls it an enhanced buying guide experience directly in Google search um, so he just showed a link that was a buying guide for baseball bats um, and it literally has so the, the price range is $19 to $390. And there is a list of like requirements that you might need in a baseball bat underneath. And it is everything you could ever think of. There's types, <laughs> brands, length, size, weight, material, end rules, body drops, woods. And it goes on like the screenshot just stopped. <laughs> so, and then it has, so it has brands, it has typical price, um, and it's kind of like, you know, buying directly from, you know, Google SERP. Right. Um, and then there was another comment underneath this that I thought was interesting. So this was from Hoi Poloi on Twitter, um, who said it's ridiculous because the information is pulled from affiliate sites. So the website owners don't benefit from the traffic. Video right. reviews on YouTube safe for now. So he's basically <laughs> kind of saying that like, affiliate websites can't get like you have to visit the website first so that you click on the affiliate link in order for them to get commission but if they're pulling in data from affiliate sites um and then i i don't know what they're are they linking to like google maybe people that are using google shopping channel like they've put their products in there um well i see here like eBay closeout bats. So it is actually pulling from websites, but yeah, it almost feels like someone would, it's fascinating, right? Like Google's mm. like feeding off of the website to generate all this information and literally creating their own website. But I mean, at the end of the day, like the they would still click through and buy from a website. I guess the, the thing is, this experience controls right that that final action um, mm. yeah like are they pulling the other information like types and brands and whatever but that could all be coming in from affiliate websites but then when it's actually showing oh here's the product link then mm -hmm. it's going to ebay or it's going to wherever um, right. so kind of like a roll like of the that. dice roll of the yeah. dice of like what you where you get featured and they're really controlling this experience yeah um this next tweet is really good and i haven't even had time to read this myself fully but it's really good and i even put it in here just for myself to read it later um <laughs> so this was from uh cirrus at cirrus shepherd on twitter so he said new post 
We studied 81,000 page titles. Google rewrote 61% of them. Um, so he put in tips to beat the algorithm. So he put in, in this article is the sweet spot for length. Should you use brackets or parentheses? <laughs> Does Google prefer a title separator and stopping rewrites with H1 tags? Um, and there is somewhere in this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it now, but they had something, because I know we discussed it before in this room about like pipes versus hyphens. Yeah. Um, okay, here it is. So today, two of the most common separators in use are the dash and its many, many variations and the pipe. Um, so for those of you that don't know, like the pipe just kind of goes straight up. So the thinking with using the pipe character, it looks like um, a lowercase l, I guess. It's just like literally a line. Um, is that it takes up less space. So the title, the page titles nowadays are about 600 pixels in length rather than number of characters. So the thinking behind pipe is that it takes up less width and therefore you might squeeze in an extra character into your page title if you use it as opposed to dash. So that's why some SEOs preferred pipes over dashes. But it turns out this is the second study. So we covered one. I don't know if you remember that, Cynthia, where we yeah. covered. Yeah. Totally they, remember. Somebody else I was had a done a study. Yeah. I, did, I was the dash um, on Team yes. Dash and you guys were And pipe. I liked pipes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was another study that we covered in this room and it was about dash and it actually showed that um, at using a dash as a separator in your page title um, allowed for more combinations of keywords from Google side than if you used a pipe. So that was kind of an interesting thing and lean towards dashes. But then this particular study um, was just to do with like Google, when Google rewrites the page title, which it does do yeah. now. Um, so it won't necessarily obey the page title that you give it anymore. It might generate its own. Um, so this is the second time that this has come up for us. So it's definitely going towards dash because um, in the article, they say, does Google care which separator you use? According to our analysis, the answer is almost certainly yes. For titles that use dashes as separators, Google rewrote and completely removed the dashes 19.7% of the time, and presumably the content in between. By comparison, titles that used pipes saw Google remove and or replace the pipes 41% of the time, more than wow. double. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, this is such a weird, like pernickety thing that we like talk about in SEO, but it yeah. is important actually, because this is how your page title is going to appear in search. And it's also trying to kind of, if you want your page title to come up the way that you want it, you're just trying to make it the right length. You're trying to put in the right characters. You're trying to use now a dash rather than a pipe maybe to avoid it being overwritten. And these are all giving you the best chance of having your selected page title display rather than an auto-generated one. Um, it's, it's interesting how it's like what SEOs, like what we know around technology can sometimes blind us from what the visitor or what the, I don't know what, I guess it depends on your website too and like your audience, but hmm. maybe most visitors wouldn't think about the pipe it's yeah it's like perception and so so google is always looking more at what the visitor does versus what seos think we should do right yeah exactly and so we can like kind of but this is a kind of cool study especially since of all the title drama that has been happening mm. um from last year 
Yeah, and they also found, and I thought this was really interesting, that matching your H1 on your page, so that would be kind of, if it's styled this way, it depends on your theme, but normally it's your biggest heading. Um, you can view the source of your page and see whether it has a H1 or not, but um, it should have if it doesn't, put one in. <laughs> so <laughs> it, they found that when you match your H1 to your title, that that typically drops the degree of rewriting across the board, often dramatically. Huh. So I thought that was interesting. And that's the way I've always kind of written my yeah. page title. So I feel good about that yeah, because that's what I've too. been doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice when I like it matches, when it works right? out. <laughs> yeah, I love when it works like that. Uh, there's, um, just, there's been so many changes, right? And at some point, it's like, what of this is like fol folklore? And what is this like actually doing? And anyway, <laughs> but, it, yeah, but we yeah. also have to, like, I remind my clients, like, this is just one this is just one small aspect of what we're doing on your website. We're not just, you know, yes. obsessing about each one. We're doing other things. So it's important to make sure, you know, SEO is like Joshua was saying before, like it's, it's like many things. It, it, it's not just one, like, yeah. Putting something on an H1 is not going to make you rank sort of. Yeah. It's nice to have that article for like the occasions when like we've seen in um, what sometimes when Google has rewritten the page title, it has started yeah. in the middle of a word. Yeah. Like it's just done it so badly sometimes. And that's a, maybe that's a rare time, but you might end up being the rare person. And you're like, oh my gosh, like my page title <laughs> is showing up as ebb design with no W <laughs> and the E is small, like lowercase. And it looks like absolutely shit. So at that point you can say, okay, I'm going to do everything from this mm -hmm. article that's going to basically force like not yeah, force yeah. them but you know try and get it that yeah, yes yeah. you're going to use my page title because you're you're not doing it right <laughs> yeah but it's a, it's like a tactical thing right and i think some people exactly. get so obsessed with i mean it's good like i think you and i it's good to obsess about these things to some extent but we also know it's not the only the only thing yeah there's so much to it um so this is a cute one. Again, I put this here for myself because I haven't had time to look at this yet. And I'm definitely going to watch this video because it looks really good. It's from Google Search Central. They are at Google Search C on Twitter. Um, and they said, are SEOs and devs from different planets? Um, and so it's um, someone that works at Google and it's at the GitHub SEO manager. Um, and they are talking about what happens when SEOs don't know the answer. How can SEOs and devs problem solve? And why is testing important? Um, and I just think that's really cool because huh, it just needs a bit of airing, that particular topic. Um, yeah. I think like SEOs and web devs like work together and sometimes it's a very comfortable, easy process. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's a very challenging, uh, frictious process with <laughs> potentially hurt egos on the web <laughs> there's um, lots of egos yeah and i don't think we talk about this like as let's say a community much at all because we probably all just struggle away in our daily jobs and like we have certain web devs that we're working with and maybe some of them are lovely and they're great and they're very accommodating and they understand you know the importance of everything um and then you have other people that don't feel that way and maybe think they know seo and you know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah um, but like I'm we don't actually, talk about it because we're just trying to do yeah. the job you know but it's actually such an important part of seo is seos and devs working together 
is so important. Yeah. Um, I'm actually in this community. Maybe you are in as well. If you aren't Hillary, you need to join. It's called Women in Tech SEO. And um, they they do, um, like, it's obvious what they're about. It's a community. Um, there's, like, a Slack channel. Um, and they actually had a talk last year. They do a monthly chat, or weekly, actually. The, the um, founder, she's a genius. Like, this is a free community, so... Mm -hmm. highly recommend um if you're a woman obviously to join um <laughs> but they did a chat about how to better communicate and um collaborate with a web yeah. developer and i thought yeah. that was so smart because it is it's like you said it's something i think we not take for granted but we like forget that it's like we're working on a website but perspectives are very different and mm. it's absolutely not the client's job to understand that. If anything, the client just kind of sees us all like kind of the same, right? Although we're very different um, yeah. and our roles are different, our perspectives are different and it's normal for there to be disagreements, but part of our job is to be able to empathize and negotiate and compromise sometimes. Um, yeah. At least that's what I try to work towards with my, my clients who have web developers is like, how can we find some middle ground because the reality is like there will be things that both the web developer or the client won't really agree with and so i have mm -hmm. to kind of like where what battles am i picking right yeah um, but it is i agree it's not talked about enough and it's really cool yeah. that google search central well i actually saw this this came out yesterday right or the day before yesterday and i was like oh this yeah, it totally reminds yeah yesterday it reminded me of this women in tech SEO chat. And I was like, Oh, like this is coming up more and more. And I think this talking about this is going to help uh, both sides just have Big a better time. impact on, on client yeah. work. Yeah. The biggest mistake I made when I started like working on SEO with web devs was where I would like explain why I needed something done. Mm. And since I've stopped doing that, it's just so much easier. What um, do you mean? Like because, explain, like explain the SEO so reasons. I'd be like, yeah, exactly. So I'd be like, oh, mm. listen, can we get um, something output like this? Because um, the image, the images are really slowing down uh, all of the pages. Mm -hmm. And if we can just set the compression to be like that bit higher, that'll make a big difference for SEO. So I kind of say mm. it like that. Mm. And the response back could be something like, either they did how it or they didn't you? do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how dare you criticize my images well it gets personal right like it's kind of yeah like, but it would come back that yeah. they'd be like either they did it or they didn't do it but they'd mm -hmm. also have an opinion as to the yeah. merit of what i had said but i yeah. wanted that i feel in the way that i actually would phrase things so now when i ask a web dev to do something i never explain why Mm. That's, but you just tell them, them? Just, okay yeah. that's interesting yeah, just, i mean and it works really well yeah oh, okay they know, so they know okay. that i'm there for the seo right and they just respect that i bet you have to build yeah. that relationship before i mean right like yeah i'm respect. really nice to the web devs as well okay. like i'm i'm overly <laughs> polite and i give them like if they so yeah <laughs> <laughs> if like the first request that went in and they were really obliging or whatever, 
I like shower them with praise. You send them chocolates and flowers. And... No, and I think that's I, I make the key. sure I copy my client so that I'm very like, oh, like transparent. You are a yeah. star. Like, thank you so much for making that mm-hmm. change for us. Going to make a big difference on our side, so that they mm-hmm. know that I'm bigging them up to the client, and straight away no, that agree, lets yeah. them feel like they're not threatened. That they're actually like, yeah. oh, she's not here to say the website is shit and you yeah. got a dud. She's actually here to say, oh, they're amazing. Why are they amazing? They're amazing because they're so accommodating with the changes that we need, you yeah. know, and they're like, all we need on their side is that they're, you know, as quickly as they can be, like efficiency. Um, If they can't do something, just tell us, that's no problem. Um, Like I have a spreadsheet with like, you know, my to-dos and my in progress and whatever, and I can put my date on that. And if it's going to be in progress for like, three weeks or four weeks that's fine like we have other smaller things we can take off in the meantime or you know it's all like there's no if something is going to take a while that's fine but it's actually yeah. just more about like that they're accommodating if mm-hmm. you know what I mean no I think um, that's the smart approach I was going to say like I always try from the beginning to communicate that I respect their work and I I trust them and <laughs> I mean I, I, it sounds obvious right but it, it, if you don't say it from the beginning or if you don't give off that impression, whether yeah. it's like on a Slack channel or in a phone call with the client, there yeah. can yeah. be that sense of like the SEO is coming in and they're going to like rip everything apart. They're out know? to get us. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and instead it's like, we're on the same team. We're all, we're, you know, there might be different opinions, but we are all working towards the client's success. And I appreciate your work. Like I'm very grateful and I am right. But yeah. that's interesting about not explaining things. I think I I, yeah. I think it depends for me. Like it depends what we're changing, obviously. Um, yeah. And yeah, sometimes I don't, you don't say like because yeah. anymore. I don't go like, can we get no, whatever, whatever, sense. because it's going to help SEO. Da, 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 da. I'm just no, like, no, no. It makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, because I can see a web developer like just Googling what you typed in like because exactly. and then you're they'll find into, yeah. yeah you're entering into a back and yeah. forth when you and I, also I was like they don't necessarily care like I mean I don't need no. to put that on them either you know um, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm fully in control of that you don't need to know you just this is what we need done <laughs> no no that's really um, smart um and that's interesting <laughs> yeah but praising I found praising the web developers goes a really long way as well yeah no I mean they're we're both like they're kind of the gatekeepers in some ways. Right. So we have to learn to not like uh, be fake about it, but like build a genuine relationship and recognize the differences. And also, um, yeah, like it's almost like respectful to like leave out certain, you know, because we make decisions in SEO off data, but sometimes it's like intuitive. And so it's like a professional thing to do to just be like, look, this is the request we want. Like, thanks. Like, you know, let me know if you have any questions, but this yeah. is what we're needing. Um, so that's good. Yeah, it's handy. And I think it like saves them brain kind of bandwidth as well. Yeah. They don't, they're like, they don't even need to kind of think about it. It's like, oh, cool. Well, she's in control of that. So that's fine. We just get yeah. the requests, you know. Um, but yeah. I have a company now that I'm working with and they're just so lovely to work with. Like, and <laughs> like, I know they must be at the point of getting irritated because they started giving me support tickets. <laughs> <laughs> um, they gave you a number. Okay. Yeah, Hillary, they started giving me some, because they just, you know, and that's a good thing because now I can put the support ticket ID into my little spreadsheet and I can keep track of everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, it actually does help like, 
it does help. And again, it comes back to again as well, though, that client needs to have an ongoing relationship with them for the ongoing management of the website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you have you're to not see coming in saying, yeah. hey, you're going to do all this stuff for us for free. You know, mm -hmm. there needs to be a kind of a monthly retainer on their side as well mm -hmm. that they are covered to make these changes for us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think I've found it helpful to also having, a, I don't know if someone's finding this useful, but whether it's an SEO and a web dev, it could be other positions too, but having at least an initial call where, or, or just a chat, yeah. like if you're not able to just get to know, because I recently was interacting with a web developer who we have a joint client and I didn't realize until I got on the phone with this person that um, he was more backend and mm. I was getting frustrated because I was trying to make some, ch like I was requesting changes and then I got on the phone and I, I just, I, I don't know why I was like, so tell me about you. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm back end and I don't really like design changes. And suddenly like a little light bulb went off. Like, no wonder this guy's been kind of avoiding because this isn't his yeah. specialty. And thank God I found out now because now I can, I can like pitch the client the service or we can find another solution. But the point yeah. is like, and that's just one example. There can be many other nuances because we don't know. Sometimes we don't know like the scope of work or yeah, mm. the skill set or even just the confidence around something. And so you have to like pump someone up of like, no, 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 like, please, like, I know you can do this. Just please. Can you please try to make this change? Um, <laughs> but if you don't talk with the person, you never know that. So just like connecting on like on the human level earlier rather than later can then help you navigate that relationship and then also you know just be honest with the client and and in some cases be like look like i think that you know you need someone else or i don't know it's not about obviously bringing anyone down but if you really do see someone who like if something needs to be done and the client doesn't have that skill set on their team like they should have the right to know that you as a professional can recommend that um, or yeah. help them right yourself. So that really helped me. And I, I felt like I was, I was able to work better with this person because I understood where he was coming from, um, more, much more clearly. Mm, that's smart. I like that. Yeah. I have done that recently as well, actually a phone call and stuff. It's good. Like it, and especially I think with the pandemic and everything, I think, I don't know, like people are a bit more human now as well yeah because like, everyone's kind of like we're all working through this quite stressful thing that's kind of always like draining us to a certain extent in our energy and some part of our brain is always mulling these things over um and i think it's kind of brought back a bit of humanity in the workplace to be very yeah um, <laughs> but i think it like has, a sensitivity like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like we're just yeah. we're just all going to try and achieve this thing and we're going to do it being nice and polite to each other mm -hmm. and we're going to be happy with the job and <laughs> everyone's going to be happy afterwards, you know? We don't um, need more stresses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't assume things about people and even just yeah. taking five minutes to like ask someone like uh, some personal question can make a can go a long way in the effectiveness of a project yeah. and yeah like people aren't robots and anyway it's it's easy to get and stuck in like that too yeah like yeah, a lot of people true. have been sick in the last month with um covid and stuff so it's kind of that bit thing as well of like oh i've sent an email and like there's been no reply well there's a you know you don't know what's going on like they could right. be really sick with covid or half Absolutely. of their team could be out with covid or the family, and they're down yeah. so many employees or whatever that mm -hmm. are meant to be there
so there's like two people running the entire show or whatever um yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah like you just don't know yeah so definitely I, I give people loads of leeway now especially with the pandemic and stuff you just never know that's um, a good reminder good reminder yeah so the final tweet um yeah. so this is from Ooh. Rory Clark again this is about web stories because we were talking about that last week as well Cynthia and you were saying you'd kind of like tested them out a little bit I think for a client or something or someone had seen a bit of success with it I think on yeah. your end mm-hmm. um so yep. Brody has been testing it out and he's been really good to share with us as people on Twitter are great for like just publicly sharing their little tests <laughs> um, to let us know how it's going so um, he said here it is my first web story for the year um, he said it's based on a thread that he shared on Twitter and it's his, for his top 10 favorite SEO tools to use in 2022. Um, but then he said in a follow-up <laughs> tweet, <laughs> so he was all excited. And then on the 26th, which was yesterday, he said three days later, my web story still hasn't been indexed by Google, was oh. placed in relevant sitemaps and even linked to in the footer of my site immediately, still nothing. This type of reaction from Google makes the format very hard to justify. We'll give it another day or so. Um, mm. So somebody, I think, had said something like, oh, but maybe there's just a delay um, in indexing or something. But he said typically on his website, everything gets indexed like within days, kind it's of, or like under a, a week. A fresh, yeah, fresh so it's site. A, yeah. yeah, like Google typically likes his website, but for whatever mm. reason, this one is a as a story is kind of falling by the wayside. So an interesting test. And I'm glad you showed that yeah. because yeah, it's not in Ireland yet, but when it is, I'll definitely be testing it out as well. I think it's um, my sense with web stories is it's still very much an experiment. Um, and I also feel like it doesn't get indexed in the same way. I don't know, uh-huh. like technically how to explain that, but I think it's, because it's something that discover is um, it's connected with discover as well as like, you know, quote unquote, normal (laughs) search results. Um, I think that it's being served very differently. I I don't think this is an excuse. Like I, this is frustrating, especially, I don't know, three days isn't a long time, but you know, Mm. I think three days is very short amount of time. I would at least give it a week, but it sounds like he has very high standards. (laughs) <laughs> I think so yeah I'm gonna have to follow this up for next week's uh, tweets of the yeah. week and see oh, did yeah, he yeah. get any movement on it and like did it get indexed eventually or I think it's still an experiment what I what yeah. I was saying with my client is that it's gaining traction but it's very volatile it's not like a sustainable yeah. thing where I would say oh it's like growing and it's beautiful yeah. and blooming and it seems just like spurt it's like spurts of of success and <laughs> um and and maybe there are businesses out there who are willing to take that risk and and be like early adopter and put it out there right but it's not like a i think google themselves are, are just testing it right and seeing how people um react right yeah. and see how it does yeah. So if you want to be part of that dance, you have to deal with that uncertainty, I think. Yeah. Um I I'd love to test it. Like I want them to roll it out in Ireland just so I can like do some tests on my own website and then publish the results and stuff and share all <laughs> the information and see, but um but also I kind of go like how cuz it's a vertical format and I always kind of go, okay, but are they going to have this vertical format and they're going to be 
showing vertical videos from YouTube shorts, reels, etc., yeah, etc., et as well? Or yeah. are they going to mingle the two together? Or like, it just seems yeah. like a lot of vertical uh, real estate. Um, yeah. So yeah, I still I have my of, little theory yeah. that like web stories will get pushed out and vertical video mm. will be pulled in. Yeah, like, I, so. I kind of would, if I had to bet money, I would vote video as well, just because it's yeah. so strong. But yeah. I don't know, I guess... I think Google, like, they're just always experimenting with things because they can yeah. and because it's easy to put, I mean, it's not easy, but they can put stuff out there and then users use them and then they use that live data to make decisions about the search results. And I'm sure this information and this data also helps them in other parts of the search. It's not just like, let's test web stories for web stories. Let's, let's test web stories to see, like, video I don't know, like what you said, just like vertical content or even mm. just like there's so many things they could be testing there. And so yeah. we, we just we don't know that. Very true. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pin our little website to the top. Um, mm. So this is for people that are listening on the podcast or anything. Um, it's seopodcast.webflow.io. Um, if you want to keep in touch with Cynthia while well, she is kind of on maternity leave, but she'll be ish around a little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, all my all my team details. is still my my team is still serving, and I'm still going to be publishing. I'm like batching oh, a bunch brilliant. of podcast episodes, so I still brilliant. will be. Yes, I will still be around, but probably with a baby stuck on me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> brilliant. Um, so you can find all of her links on seopodcast.webflow.io and you'll see her web address is there and her Instagram link is there as well. Um, and so I'm going to play our outro music and the next time I see you, you'll probably have a baby, maybe. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> well, definitely at some point. <laughs> so if you'd like to say goodbye to everybody, Cynthia, and I will yes. be um, finishing up yes uh i'm gonna miss this room so much i'm like nostalgic okay so yeah thanks hillary my name is cynthia i'm the owner of digital bloom iq i specialize in helping therapists and counselors getting get found in google um i have website digitalbloomiq.com and a podcast as well called digitally overwhelmed where hillary and i did a really great episode um the last episode of last year about website platforms and it was a really good conversation very long but good <laughs> i love that i must actually do a blog about that and link in that yeah. video because it's so good yeah it's really helpful so thanks hillary and yes i will be don't worry i will be checking in um and at uh, some point i will be coming back in and hopefully my my brain will be in a good state to be able to continue to bring value to these uh conversations Oh, I hope so. We're going to miss you, but the best of luck with everything. And I'm really excited for you as well. It's such a nice yes. time and a happy time for you. So that's awesome. Yes, um, yes. So we'll see each other soon. Thank you so much to everybody who tuned in. Um, the replays are on in this. If you're on Clubhouse and you missed any of this, you can go back and listen to the whole thing. Thank you to people who stayed for the whole thing. Amazing. Because uh, it's a really long room as well. Yeah. So thank you. Appreciate you. Um, as I mentioned, you can go to the website seopodcast.webflow.io anytime just to get all of our links. You can get the podcast links and Instagram accounts and all sorts of things there. So, And the newsletter link as well if you want to subscribe to that. And otherwise, we shall see you again, same time, same place, and hope to see you again. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.